Oh, ladies and gentlemen, do we return again? Yes, we do. With the Wrestlers with Experience podcast, the greatest podcast throughout the world and the galaxy. I think that's what Mark says. With that being said, I am your host, Dietrich Davis, bringing you another episode of Wrestlers with Experience. And as you know, we have given you last week, we gave you a loaded week. We are starting off this week again with a loaded week of content. Our goal is to make sure that we hit episode as we're on our rate as we're on our way to episode 150. I want to thank you guys for giving us the opportunity to present to you. We know, yes, we don't reach a hundred thousand people, we don't reach ten thousand people. Where we reach a few thousand that appreciates this podcast, they like us, they love us, and we're glad that you guys give us the time just to listen to myself, Dietrich Davis, and Mark Morell as we give you our thoughts on wrestling and wrestling news. No, we don't get all the rest, we don't have the wrestling interviews. No, we're not insiders on the industry. We're just a few guys who used to be wrestlers who just love to talk about everything professional wrestling. It's what we love. It's what we enjoy. That's why the podcast name, for some that were wondering, is called Wrestlers with Experience. It just happened to look like WWE. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I hope that they'll have next year when me and Mark can come in and present to you guys some new stuff. Bear with me. We got some great shit with you. But with all that being said, let's get into the topic at hand. And ladies and gentlemen, we want to talk about the great Keith Lee, the limitless one. And in my personal opinion, the superstar that can be the great one of the second comings or the superstar that can be a failure amongst all of the other failures in WWE. In recent news, people have been upset that Keith Lee was sent back to the development center. And my issue with that is there is no real issue with that. There's been thousands of times that when wrestlers were down with WWE and OVW was around, which was Ohio, Ohio Valley Wrestling, ran by Jim by the great Jim Cornette. A lot of the wrestlers would then double back and be sent down there two, threes, two, three days a week when they weren't doing house shows to fine tune their craft and become better people. There was times where Big Show was sent down there while still on WWE television. There was times when, um, what's his, you know, I can't believe. The Hall of Pain himself, Mark Henry, was sent down there. And as he was on WWE television, he was on Ohio Valley. There's been time Kane has done matches down there. Undertaker has done matches down there. Unannounced, they would go down there. But Ohio Valley Wrestling was the original developmental center for WWE, where new talent would go to, be fine-tuned and being crafted. If they was good, they would be sent to the WWE to begin a program or to at least begin dark matches. The whole internet is up in arms because Keith Lee got sent back to the developmental center. And this is my informational issue with a lot of wrestling shows on YouTube and segment shows and podcasts. To me, it's, it's virtue, signaling, virtue signaling for wrestling. And you guys want to get all blown up and you want to get all up in arms when you do not understand what's being happened. They're not sending Keith Lee down to the developmental center because they think he sucks. They sent him down there because they believe in him and he's worth the investment that they have already put into him. That's what being sent down to the PC now means. That's what being sent to FCW in the past had meant at the time before FCW became 
NXT. That's what sending people down to OVW in the past actually meant. They believe in you. They've made a large investment in you. They see something in you, but they need you to work a certain style according to your style size. Keith Lee, I believe, is 6'2", 6'3", 300 plus pounds. He moves like a luchador wrestler. You cannot have that in the WWE Brown to work because how do you book a how do you how do you sell and market the little guys or the smaller wrestlers or as Kevin Nash would say the vanilla midgets if you have a issue with branding the one guy that you have when the big guy can do what the little guys can do. Brock Lesnar can do a shooting star press. He didn't do it that well one night at WrestleMania because he had already been out of the cycle of doing it. Braun Strowman can do a backflip. He can hop up off his shoulders. He can do a thousand and ten athletic moves. But you cannot have him doing that because in the WWE, that's not how they work. You work for a major corporation. So if Vince McMahon is sending all the big guys back, which he has put large investments in like Otis and a few others, it's because he wants them to wrestle big man style for the WWE. Plain and simple. But we have a lot of these wrestling podcasts and a lot of these wrestling shows that are on YouTube and so on and so on who is taking this as if Vince doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Obviously, this is not just a Vince decision. This is a decision amongst several people when they realize, okay, we need these guys to go back. Keith Lee is immaculately, incredibly strong. He is extremely agile. He can move like a cat. We love that about him. But that's not what a big man is in the WWE. Yes, we could talk about the evolution of wrestling and wrestling is now like an art form and this, that, and you have a fuck me with that. Fuck me with, fuck out of here. Fuck, oh, fuck, don't fuck me over with that bullshit and believing that that's what you think it is. Roman Reigns don't come off the third rope. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? Drew McIntyre don't come off the third rope. Steve Austin don't come off the third rope. Wade Bryant don't come off, Bray Wyatt don't come off the third rope. A lot of people don't come off the third rope and they have been known as WWE heavyweight champions. At one point, we thought Otis was going to be the WWE champion and he's a great wrestler, but he he has to revert his style to big man style and saving those luchador like moves that him and Keith Lee and all of those other guys that they sent back down to the PC during the week to do for big pay-per-views. And I'm not talking about every month. I'm talking about WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. That's it. You have to build what you want people to do. Most people knew who Keith Lee was because at one point Keith Lee was one of the biggest internet darlings, the indie wrestler that can do it all, i.e. why Triple H or he dons the limitless title. We got to sit back and think about certain things that when Keith Lee showed up at the Royal Rumble, this was one of the best things we've seen in professional wrestling. That shit was dope. We loved it. We appreciated it. We know what we needed in order to make it work. And Keith Lee was perfect. Brock Lesnar's response to him at the Royal Rumble was perfect. That was his first time meeting Keith Lee, seeing Keith Lee. He loved what he looked at and what he saw. 
not many people get a co-sign from Brock Lesnar. That told all of us that Keith Lee is the future. That told Keith Lee he was the future. That told Vince McMahon, WWE, Triple H, that was the future. At that moment, that was the match we didn't even know we wanted until we saw it. And we was like, holy shit, they're face-to-face in the ring at the Royal Rumble? I forgot how great Keith Lee is. That's the beautiful part about having these intermixed shows once a year. It shows us the possibilities of what can be. Keith Lee is a top tier performer. And that, and he can only become greater, in my personal opinion. And as we know, WWE is um, it's not about being a great wrestler. We know WWE is not being the the super athletic, let's do what we gotta do type of guy. You know what WWE is? It's a product company. And Keith Lee must become a marketable character and a product. And right now for the WWE, Keith Lee is not a product. Right now for the WWE, Keith Lee doesn't even have a character. The Limitless shit works in NXT. NXT is where you fine tune your skills. It's where you begin character development. But the character development must be full-fledged by the time you hit the main roster. Let me give you guys an example. Take Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston is a phenomenal talent. Bright colors, Agile all over the place, fits his physical size and build for what he's supposed to do. And when he became, before he became WWE champion, when the New Day came along, the colors and the marketing and selling the cereal boxes, which WWE loves, the toys, the merchandise, now being a part of Gears of War, all of this is marketing. Marketing. I want you guys to realize that. Kofi Kingston went from being just a WWE wrestler slash superstar to a motherfucking brand within the WWE. He became a product. And a product is what Vince McMahon is looking for. He's had a million great wrestlers, but products is what he needs. You must be on every toy, T-shirt, action figure, whatever. It's the same thing as toy. So on and so on and so on. Can they get plush dolls out of you? Pillowcases, socks, T-shirts, shorts, hoodies, video game merch tendencies. All of these things that they need. And can they get you to boost the ratings while you're doing it? All at the same time to use to say, we need more money for our television because you are a superstar. I don't think Vince is hindering all these superstars like you think it is. I think it's like what I said on another podcast, that Vince knows that he has no superstars right now. It's not the wrestling that's suffering in WWE. It's not the skill sets that's suffering. It's the character product connection that is not happening across business and wrestling across the world. Fuck wrestling. Can you cut the promo? Can you become the product? And can you be purchasable? 
That's what your character must convey, uh, must present to an audience. Most importantly, that's what it must present to Vince McMahon to put the rocket ship behind you. He tried to change Keith Lee up a little and that kind of didn't work. Eh, it happens. It kind of did not work. But it's certain things we need Keith Lee to become in order for him to truly be donned the title limitless. I have a great saying. How a wrestler enters the wrestling business is how he leaves the wrestling business. When Stone Cold Steve Austin came into WCW, he was stunning Steve Austin. And Steve Austin's wrestling at the time was fucking stunning and amazing. And a lot of people couldn't follow him. And then when he came into the WWE, he came in as the million dollar champion, the ringmaster. Theoretically, Vince McMahon, uh, Triple H, I mean, excuse me, Stone Cold Steve Austin became legitimately the million dollar champion for real. And he was the ringmaster. No one had mastered and manipulated character, becoming a product, and becoming purchasable and capable of cutting a promo that can be repeated every week to make you go crazy. Do you know Steve Austin at one point outsold South Park merchandise at its highest fucking point? I want you to think about the importance of that. You take Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan was great, but it wasn't until he became the great Hulk Hogan, the American hero, the icon for what the world needed to present so we can get his greatness. There was a point where nothing can stop Hulk Hogan merchandise. You didn't have to be a wrestling fan to understand what Hulk Hogan was and what Hulk Hogan became. I want you guys to really process what I'm saying here. You gotta prove these things. Keith Lee's internet wrestling and his indie wrestling means nothing if you cannot turn it into money, product, and purchasable properties. That is just a fact. I understood that very in the beginning when I was doing this on the indie scale. First, I was the only person in a group of maybe a thousand guys to sell over 500 t-shirts in a month because no one was thinking about selling t-shirts. Of course, I sold them to all my friends, but if I, can, if I can't sell them to my friends, I can't sell it to people. And then I would go to shows and sell the shirts to the people. If you buy this shirt, you get a ticket to the show. That's how I sold tickets to people's wrestling shows across New York City, because I sold the shirts. I go to sell a fan a ticket, and that person takes the ticket and go, well, I'm not gonna get the ticket. Hey, you get a, hey, if you buy this T-shirt, you get a ticket. Yo, Dietrich, how'd you sell 500 tickets? I sold 500 shirts. Oh, you're trying to sell a ticket. I'm selling a product. So if I sell my friends a $30 T-shirt, or I sell people a $30 T-shirt and it comes with a ticket, now they're ready to do business with me. With me. But if I sell someone a ticket and then tell them they got to go buy a T-shirt, they're not fucking with me. I caught people who were casual fans who would not go to wrestling shows. 
hey, you buy four tickets, I give you four. Hey, here's four. If you take these shirts, they come with free wrestling tickets. It don't matter. I sold the ticket. So if I sell them a shirt that cost me $7 to make at the time, I'm already selling the shirt for $25, but I sold a $30 ticket, a $35 shirt. You don't even know that I've already included the ticket price in there. I can give the promoter his six bucks on his ticket. And now I'm walking away with a $25 profit, $28 profit. Fuck you. You guys don't understand how this business works. A $29 profit, excuse me. Fuck you. You don't know how this business works. That's profit margin. Let's do some math, ladies and gentlemen. $29 times 500 shirts. That's $14,000. Let me know where my pimping is wrong at. And then everybody wonder why, how I had money back then. All I had to do was attach myself to someone's indie show between New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Philly and sell 500 of my shirts. It's a lot of money. Then they wonder why how the tattoo shop was acquired and how I was able to move a certain way. I didn't see myself as a professional wrestler. That was lame of me. I saw myself as a product. And these wrestlers can't see themselves as the WWE champion. They cannot see themselves as the intercontinental champion. You cannot see yourself as any of those things. This is real deal fucking advice that you will never hear on never fucking podcasts. You must see yourself as a product that is purchasable, that is promoable, and that you can create some fucking receipts. That is the formula of wrestling. Paying your dues means nothing if you cannot become a product and you cannot become purchasable and you cannot sell a ticket. Being able to do a 450 splash off of the top rope is fucking amazing. But did it sell a shirt? Can you sell a ticket? You know what the problem now is now? None of those wrestlers, except for Roman Reigns, can sell a fucking ticket. NXT doesn't sell itself because of the wrestling. NXT sells itself because it's Triple H's NXT. You notice in the NXT, they don't chant any wrestlers' names. They chant NXT, 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 NXT. Because NXT is the product that happens to have wrestlers that are figuring out if they can become products of purchasable promos and wrestlings for the wrestling business. Oh, a lot of people are going to disagree with me. Put this in front of Jim Ross and let him tell you that I'm 100% fucking right. Put this in front of Bruce Prichard and he'll say, I can't argue with you. Put this in front of Vince McMahon and he'll say, pal, you got it. This is product that you must become. Disagree with me if you like. I can care less. 
For a long time, I made a good bit of money because I sold shirts and threw the tickets in with it. I paid $7 a fucking t-shirt to get them made. No, at the time it was $5 a t-shirt right here in Canarsie, right there in Canarsie, Brooklyn. I found the cheapest t-shirt maker. And on the front of the shirt, it said, uh, it had a skull with the DD symbol on it. And on the back it said, no peace talks, no white flags, just that ass, slash Dietrich Davis. I sold upwards of 500 shirts a month for a whole year straight. I'm not even 21 years of age. I figured out the formula. I didn't need a job, but you know what that allowed me to do? That allowed me and my boy Marty to work out all day long. That allowed us to train all day long. That allowed us to fine tune our skills. When, as a witness, Mark Morell, me and Homicide from TNA get in the ring a very long time ago. And I never really did arm drags. And I do it and I know it like that. He was like, Jesus Christ. He goes, that's your first arm drag? I go, yeah. He goes, dude. He goes, you're a machine. I go, I know. So when it was time for me to sit in front of the wrestling gods over at the F, the WWF, you had to, t- you had to give me what my market value was. Because what you offer me, I did in a year. You can't offer me this much for three years or four years. Because I proved to you. And I want you guys to know something. Take that 14,050 times that, right? Times that by just 12. That's 174. I'm worth 10 times that with television. I'm worth 100 times that with television. I'm worth 500 times that with television. There is no Brock Lesnar if there's no if Dietrich Davis says no. That's a fact. As Triple H said, you want me to shoot with the fucking interview? That's a shoot. Oh, I got paperwork to prove it. Don't get it twisted. A nigga like me come with receipts. I know my market value. So out of 500 people at minimum, let's say 400 to 500 people a month, I pull off those sales and I go to every, I go to one state a month and get booked without the internet, just, just accumulating local newspapers that talked about other wrestling companies and reach out to them and say, Hey, I can sell five. If I sell so many shirts, can I get on the show? So many tickets, can I get on the show? Sure. This is what I do. So I understand what Vince McMahon is looking at. I don't want to sound like I'm being disrespectful. I'm not. But I think a lot of people who report wrestling tell half truths or they understand the business, but they must manipulate it for clickbaits and ratings. And that is what that is. 
But to make it in WWE, to make it on the, mo- the main roster, to make it in the business of professional wrestling again, you gotta become a fucking character. You need not a gimmick. See, a gimmick only works, but a gimmick and a character are two different things. But one leads to the other. The gimmick leads to the character. You look at John Cena. Remember when he first came in? John Cena, we knew he could wrestle, though people was hating on it. We knew he can go for long periods of time. We knew John Cena had a factor. We knew it. We knew it. We knew it. We knew it. But Cena didn't turn his gimmick to a character yet. And he used a gimmick of a white rapper which Vince McMahon had been trying to get over since the 80s. Do your homework. I'm not running down fucking names. But it's there. But Vince McMahon, literally, 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 had to let that gimmick become a character. And then John Cena comes out and he begins the rapping. The rapping is a gimmick. But it wasn't a character yet. And then we had the master of thugonomics. And then the character, then the get it went from gimmick to character. And then it must go to the next stage. Is it marketable? Yes, it is. Eminem had made it cool for white people to be a part of the hip hop business. He had made it visually palatable. Not vanilla ice, Eminem. So now John Cena comes out and he doesn't have to give you 16 fucking bars of music. All he had to do was give you five bars and a joke. He knew how to cut ass, which means if you was in the locker room and y'all had jokes on each other, he was going to hurt your feelings. And he turned that gimmick into a character, which became started to become marketable. Because hip hop is the most impressionable industry in the world created by black America. Hip hop created Ric Flair. You don't believe me? Ask him. So now, John Cena becomes this great character. And then he went from marketability to product. I was sitting in the audience WrestleMania 20 invite when he back when he got done with the big show in the first match at that moment in time I said holy shit this nigga is a fucking product and what started happening after he beat big show at WrestleMania he started selling merchandise do you think John Cena became WWE fucking champion because he was a good wrestler you think John Cena started became WWE champion because he was a wrestling god? Do you think John Cena became WWE champion because he was the best of the best in that square circle? John Cena became WWE champion because he was a product that became purchasable. That with promos became a recycled financial institution for the company called WWE. And Vince McMahon loves money to come in and out. You know what John Cena sold more than a little bit of? T-shirts. 
headbands, armbands, wristbands, hats, sweaters, hoodies, jerseys, socks, action figures, board games, and video games. Same thing with Hogan. Same thing with Steve Austin. Same thing with Triple H. Same thing with Kurt Angle. Same thing with The Undertaker. Same thing with Kane and Edge and many other superstars. And John Cena appealed to the greatest market of all time. The white American market. And the second greatest audience of all time. Children. Steve Austin became marketable to the whole mid-America. Bible Belt, Rust Belt. New Yorkers loved him. Southerners called him God. The The white rapper gimmick became a fucking product. So sending Keith Lee back down to the developmental center means they believe that he can become a product that can become purchasable, that that can be recycled through consistent promo in WWE. See, Steve Austin was ever able to sell shirts while he was injured because the wrestling didn't matter. It was the character. Kurt Angle and Steve Austin did a whole three months of programming and never stepped in the ring because they were both injured. And so T-shirts and tickets and toys and video games and and headbands and hats and so on and so on and so on and so on. Keith Lee going back to the WWE Performance Center is a good fucking thing. It's when they stop investing in you is when this all becomes a problem. Keith Lee just need to readjust 70% of his in-ring style. Bring it down to 30%. Keep the fucking intensity. But, but, most importantly, bringing out at the four big pay-per-views. That's all he has to do. NXT will tell us what they are, but Raw and SmackDown will tell us what they will become. And that's a fact. In reality, the ball is in Keith Lee's court. Keith Lee can either make this the best opportunity of a lifetime, or he can take his ego and his attitude and go get fucking lost. You want another example how you know I'm right? Sting shows up to AEW, doesn't even fucking throw a punch, but sells nothing but T-shirts. That's marketing. Sting is a product. When, when they acquired Sting to AEW, they acquired the product of Sting. They, cre- they, appro- they, they acquired a commercial license that speaks for itself. They have the biggest commercial license in that company to date right now. If you leave it up to the fans, everybody becomes champion and it has no value. And another thing we have to really look at, we don't know how other talent is looking at WWE, other talent is looking at 
at Keefley. We don't know if they're saying, hey, he's stiff here, he's this here, he's that here. Um, I was prepared to wrestle him big, man, but he's wrestling like a smaller guy. How does that look? You don't know if the smaller guys are saying he's doing all our shit. We can't do nothing. We don't look good. He's got to readjust. Bring it down 30%, save this other, and then give us the other 70% without the other 30%, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, TLC. Look, I know I ran you guys' ears off, but I had to speak a fucking truth. With that being said, my name is Dietrich Davis, also known as and publicly known as Diamond Head. Also known as and publicly known as King Bumaye, the world boss. Also known as the giant, the global icon and national treasure. Also known as and publicly known as the watcher of professional wrestling. I thank you for listening to this episode of Wrestlers with Experience. Me and myself and Mark Morell will catch you guys tomorrow.